All right. Hello and welcome everyone to another chat and learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Marielle and I'm super excited to roll into this next hour with you all. I had a chance to speak with our guest speaker briefly. He's calling from Brooklyn today um, and we've got some folks calling from all over the world. I'm just going to give you all a quick shout out. If you're just joining us, feel free to write in the chat box where you're calling from. But I'm in Argentina. Our guest speakers in New York. We've got Virginia representing New Hampshire, South Africa, Buenos Aires, Argentina, Buffalo, New York, uh, Los Altos Hills, California, uh, Salt Lake City. City, Utah. Awesome. So if you're just joining us, uh, go ahead and write in the chat box where you're calling from and I'll give you a shout out a little later. Um, and before we get started, I just want to go over some quick housekeeping rules so that we all feel comfortable and confident in this next hour. Um, I've muted everyone upon entrance, but I can't stress enough. We want to hear from you. Um, you know, a lot of crazy things going on in the world. I, my same uh, spiel. You could be anywhere else, but you're deciding to be with us here for this hour. So I just want to start off by saying thank you. Uh, and with that, you know, whenever you want to share your voice, your opinion, you've got questions, you want to share a dream that you had last night, uh, take yourself off of mute, turn your cameras on or write in the chat box. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you do come off of mute, you will be featured in our live recording. Uh, and with that said, I know we live in a world where everyone is multitasking, but as always, I invite you to stay present with us in this hour. And then you can rewatch uh, the recording of this video on Power to Fly a little later. And and then you can take notes uh, vigorously there. Um, the last thing that I'll say is that uh, we'd love for you to follow us on social media uh, as well as YouTube so that you can stay tuned with all the great chats we've got coming up for you in the future. Um, all right, so I'm gonna pass the mic now to our guest speaker, Leslie. Leslie, let us know a little bit about yourself, uh, how you came to know about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today. Awesome, so um, my name is Leslie Burrell. I've worked um, in technology for about 20 years. Uh, I am currently working on Carefully, which is started as a side project about four years ago. And I started working on it full-time in January, which is actually, I, I connected um, with Nicole who works for Power to Fly through, uh, through my Instagram account uh, for Carefully. And we started talking about things and she invited me to come and share my journey here. And I, and I talk a little bit more about myself in the next slides. So I'll tell you more as we go through the, pre, the presentation. So I won't, I won't blow all the story here. So we yes. can go on too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leslie, uh, for being here. And we're now going to roll through Leslie's introduction, um, her presentation, and then we'll get to your questions uh, as, uh, shortly after. So uh, thank you all for sticking around. And if you want to go ahead and write your questions in the chat box as she's going through her introduction, feel free to do so. And I'll flag that to her uh, as she's finishing up. Um, so I'm going to talk to you today about cultivating my community and how I got to today, I spent, as I mentioned, I spent 20 years working in tech and I've sort of moved on to cultivating my own community with Carefully and also um, finding my community, which is um, both, uh, both online communities and, and communities of women, communities within the family tech space and places where I, where I find a lot more energy um, as, I've, uh, as I got burned out of the, the tech industry. So we can go on and I'll tell you a little bit more about myself too. Uh, who am I? I'm a mother of an eight-year-old extroverted boy, which is important because I'm also a bit of an introvert. Um, and it was also sort of an inspiration for creating Carefully. Um, Carefully is an app for parents to create trusted networks and organize playdates, which was a way for me originally to help my son get more playdates and for me to get a little bit of a rest. I'm also the middle daughter um, of four. four, four. Um, I have two sisters and a brother, two a Cuban dad and a Jewish mother, so very multicultural, grew up in Texas. Uh, I currently live in Greenpoint in Brooklyn. I'm a 40-something-year-old woman. I love to cook, and as I mentioned, I'm a, an, an introvert. 
Uh, I so I'm the founder at, at Carefully. I also recently founded, uh, co-own, and co-organize a wonderful community called Shatter the Ceiling for women and non-binary leaders and executives, people inspiring change. This is something that uh, inspires me almost daily. And I'm excited to have been able to, to create this community and see it grow and prosper. I um, mentioned I'm a former VP of engineering. I think it's important for me to say former because I'm trying very hard to move out of that space. And it's very hard to, to transition when you're in your 40s and um, out of something like VP of engineering role, which is sort of um, I've been doing for such a long time. So I try to, to remind myself that I'm moving on from that. Um, and my superpowers, uh, I'm a team builder is really like my biggest strength. It's what's gotten me and made me successful over the years, helping to identify people's talents and superpowers to create great teams and then bring them together to help us solve problems and, um, and deliver great products. Uh, and then through building great teams, I've made great connections and met great people. And so something that also inspires me is understanding the problems that people are trying to solve and then connecting them and learning how those connections help to solve problems. Finally, I, 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 didn't, I don't have a great word for it, but I say I'm a driver, so I get shit done. Um, and I, I think whether that's driving through ambiguity, driving through problems, just driving to get things done, I, I, I have the ability to do that. And I think on the flip side of that, my kryptonite, uh, I would say, is the things that I understand I don't do well. Um, I'm not great at selling myself or selling selling in general, um, which is which is why getting up here today is also hard for me. But it's important to un also understand the things you're not good at so you can um, work on them, but also so you can balance out your teams. And um, so that's a little bit about me. And you also, um, you can go to the next slide. You can see sort of the places that I've worked at. I've, um, as much as I've had, I talk about burnout and leaving the tech industry, there's a lot of things that I've loved and a lot of things that I've accomplished. I, you know, I worked for 20 years, uh, starting at, at my career at ThoughtWorks, which is a software development company in that the agile, agile software development space. I spent seven years there. And it was um, actually a really formative experience for me coming out of college as a woman in tech and um, not just not just developing software, but also ThoughtWorks was a very the, the founder of ThoughtWorks was a value based leader. He was a charismatic sort of textbook charismatic leader that taught me a lot about um, being a value-based leader and understanding your values and culture. And, um, and so that really stuck with me through a lot of my career. From, from ThoughtWorks, I began leading and managing software development teams at a lot of different companies, as you can see, and kind of evolved my career from there. As I got to my last job, which was at Intersection, I really had to take a step back and take a pause and realize as much as I accomplished and as much as I love building teams and I love delivering products, um, there was sort of something missing. I, you know, I still felt a lot of burnout throughout my career. I think that there were inflection points where I felt that and I wanted to get out, but I, I found another job and I thought maybe this will be the one, maybe this will be the one. But at the end, I, I never felt quite satisfied as much as I felt a lot of belonging with the teams that I built. I think that there was tension between, uh, inner, inner turmoil, I would say, between, um, between sort of the, the, the belonging that I had with the team and the belonging with the overall organization. And what I think I've learned is that was sort of a, a, a misalignment of values um, in some respect. And so I started to seek out 
communities outside of, of the of, of the sort of established corporate industry, I would say. And that and I started focusing on carefully a little bit more and started and, and, and Shatter came up and I got invited to this Family Tech Collective, which is an organization of about 120 different family tech related startups and really found my footing and found belonging. I found support, um, which inspired me and gave me more energy. And that's sort of how I started to get some of my energy and inspiration back and realize that there was a way to be successful and inspired and uh, motivated outside of continuing to um, go down a path that wasn't giving me those things. So absolutely, uh, we've got folks singing your praises already in the in the <laughs> chat box. Uh, they they love how you are terming uh, the the superpowers that you have. Also the kryptonite, uh, great breakdown. Nicole says, and then Beth writes uh, as far as you uh, speaking about burnout, uh, common occurrence. Glad you recognized it and were able to break away. And I know, I mean, I love I know that folks on the line as well as I would love to hear you speak more about. Um, you know, having your antennas up for burnout and how to get through it and push on to where, you know, people can eventually get to a place of peace and productivity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a journey. I think it's hard to, it, it, I, I would say that I, I went through a, th a few waves of burnout. And it, like I said, it's hard to, it's hard to break away and it's hard to identify. So I, I would say it was this last one where I finally feel like I had enough. And that's why I say I have to say things out loud to remind myself that it's not the right place for me. Because I do I do get a lot of a lot of um, joy and satisfaction from software development. And carefully, I'm building something and I'm building a team and I'm part of things. So I'm, I'm getting that from other places. Um, but um, and, and so we'll we'll continue to talk about that too. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, so I wanted to also, before we, we keep going, just talk about what my core values are to give people a little bit of insight, um, especially I, I, as, a, as a leader, I have spent time thinking about it, but it's not necessarily something everybody really breaks down into what are my core values. You, you kind of, everybody has them, right? You have the things that drive you inside of you. You don't always articulate them, but as a as, a, as an engineering leader, we do talk about our, our core values a lot, and I have spent time thinking about them and being able to articulate them. So I thought um, it would be helpful for me to talk a little bit more deeply about my core values um, and, and help people understand how to, to break them down a little bit. So when I think about my core values, I break them down and the top five are empowerment, accountability, belonging, integrity, and competence. And now these haven't always been my core values. Empowerment and accountability really started with ThoughtWorks. That was something that I, I learned there as a, core to how, how we deliver software and how we build great teams um, that are going to deliver software reliably and high quality and high performing teams. And it, and it also, I think, translates to life as well as a parent, um, you know, making sure that my son also feels some empowerment and accountability in his life, I think is important for me as a parent, at least in my parenting style. So these aren't just about work and professional, professional life, but also personal life too. Um, Belonging is actually something that was not always on my list of core values, but I think as I as I mentioned, as I got got further in my career, I realized that while I felt belonging at some level, I wasn't feeling it at the level that I needed to to feel fulfilled and to avoid burnout. So I realized it was a core value that I needed to elevate. Um, and integrity 
Um, while I think that we all try to live our life, I hope we all try to live our lives with integrity. Um, it, it, it's, um, for me, it became a core value that I put on my list. Um, first of all, because of where we are in the world today, at least in America, I think there's a lot of questionable integrity going on. I think also, again, as a, as a leader, um, that's oftentimes navigating between what's happening at the executive level and how we're leading our teams and having to sometimes navigate a difficult balance between what's right for the company and what's right for your team or what's right for the people you are um your integrity your personal integrity is often uh, is often um questionable questioned i guess in, internally and i think um if if it's not in aligned with the organization that's when again burnout starts to happen right because if you're if you're if you don't feel like your organization is acting in the same with the same integrity that you would and you have to then explain that down to your team there's a problem and then you're having to to deal with that and figure out what's what's the right thing to do and then competence is another interesting one for me um i used to have excellence on here um which comes from thoughtworks who is really focused on hiring a players and that was really my focus for a long time but i think today as i've as i've sort of matured in, in, uh, in my view of the world, competence is really about doing your job and doing it really well. And excellence to me evokes elitism as opposed to equity. Um, and, and so I think um, for me, equity is, is really important and competence is about focusing on what needs to be done and doing it really well and understanding that that's what's equi equitable for everyone. And so I kind of wanted to dig into like, the meaning behind all of these because it's not just about picking your values but understanding like why those are your values and what you choose and why you chose it and because there's so many there's a world of values out there and what you put on the list is as important as what you don't put on there um so you can go on to the next one i'll i'll, I'll kind of go through the next two slides a little bit quickly but i also wanted to um explain the next level deeper which is sort of as you go into an organization, whether it's creating your own community or creating a business, understanding how you how you then implement those, what it means to to live by those values or implement those values too, because empowerment can um, can sort of be a, a word that you say but you don't live by, right? And so, as you think about empower, what does it mean to really empower your team? It it really does mean to give people full autonomy over their job and. And oftentimes I, you know, when I go into an organization and I say, we're going to empowerment and accountability, we're going to fully empower the teams. People say, oh yeah, of course we're going to empower them. But that, but what they really mean is we're going to empower them with, for the things that I don't want to do or the things that I feel comfortable with. And when, when the rubber hits the road and it's a decision that they're not comfortable with or the decision that they don't agree with, they want to take that empowerment back. And then if, if you go to the next slide, you'll see when it comes to accountability, they they shift over to blame. And so then, but they're not empowered. And so I try to help them understand you can't have accountability, accountability without empowerment equals blame. And so this is how you help people understand why these core values, they mean something, right? And you have to actually buy into them fully. And when people's in when people start throwing blame around, it to me, it's also a red flag that there's a misalignment of values within the organization and you can start to have a conversation about it but you can but i but you can also start to see that tension starting to rise um and so that sort of 
trying to help people understand why values, core values are so important and how they can create that, that tension and that burnout when you're not aligned with an organization. Um, you can go on unless there's any questions around that. Actually, as you move on, on to these next uh, slides, I'd love to just um, uh, poise the, the question here to our, our live callers. Um, what are your core values? Can you all write that in the chat? Maybe just one and, and maybe why for bonus points. Let us know why you chose that one and I'll, I'll let Leslie know when she's done with her presentation here. Okay, you can okay. continue. I'll pass the mic back to you. Um, sure. Uh, so I was just bringing that this back up to kind of highlight um, how my with my career trajectory, you know, that I have these four phases of my career, like learning, I was kind of learned things at ThoughtWorks, I applied them in, in the next phase of my career, and then really mastered what I what I knew and evolved it to the next phase. But now I'm in this whole new phase of my career where it's really focused on belonging, and I'm not necessarily working for anyone, as opposed to like getting a job and working for someone, I've really joined a community and become part of something or I'm creating something. And it's a very different dynamic. And I think that the core, those core values then become a little bit more embedded in that culture. Because for example, I think about empowerment and um, accountability in, a, in an online community are sort of built in because you can't have a community when the when the when that's not empowered well you can but it's, it's not a very it's not a very engaged community if they aren't empowered right um and so i think that it's for me looking back i actually just made this slide for today but adding this like fourth phase of my career it has been really interesting um to see the the shift of of how i think about where i am so um, and then, and then that sort of goes on to to where I, where where carefully is and how I'm able to to realize those values in a more complete way because I the the alignment is built in because I'm creating my own community with my own company and then it's going to evolve because the people that join the community are going to are going to help me evolve those values as well because I'll learn from them too. Um, and and if you go to the next slide, so Shatter I mentioned is a community that um, that I've been able to to cultivate with the with the help of a bunch of amazing women uh, that are that are part of it as well. And one of the things you can see in the next slide is we did we did as the community started to form uh, on the next slide. You'll see we we started with values as well, and this was a really amazing exercise that we came up with to articulate what the values were for the community as a way for people that were joining to be able to select self-select in or out and say, is this really a community for me? And I think it, it was, it was a really powerful exercise as people saw this to say, this is, this is different and this is something meaningful for us. Um, and that's about it. That was my intro. So I think we can, um, I think we can move on. I think the next slide actually shows a list of values for people that want to go through an exercise. I, this is from Brene Brown, who I love. I think I had a quote in one of the earlier slides. If you're looking to kind of think about your core values and want a, a little bit of a, a start, this is a really nice list to, to get you started with a, a thought starter. Yes, I love this. Okay, so I'm just going to flag some, uh, some of the core values that people are dropping here in the chat box. So we have honesty, passion, commitment, balance, empathy, empathy again. Uh, and now that you all uh, see this beautiful screen with the list of values, thank you so much, Leslie, for this, because I, we had someone here saying, I don't know where to start. 
Um, definitely take a screenshot of this and, and of course, rewatch uh, the video later. Um, thank you for sharing this. This is great. And I love Brene Brown as well for being so courageous and sharing, uh, you know, her emotionally intelligent perspective on how we can create balance um, yes. and be productive in our lives. Um, vulnerability. Yes. Perfect. We got some folks writing in the chat box. This is great. All right. So you all have submitted some great questions offline. Uh, we're going to use the rest of the time here to walk through these questions one by one, starting with this first question here. So if you see your question come on the screen, uh, feel free to unmute yourselves or, or write in the chat box uh, so that Leslie can dive in deeper. Uh, if this is not your question and you want to chime in again, feel free to take yourself off of mute uh, or write in the chat box. So Leslie, let's start with this question. How do I know what my values are? How can we best find people that align with our values? Um, well, this is a great transition from the previous slide. So if you, if you haven't thought about your values, a, a great exercise is to start with that list and look at things that resonate with you. I think about um, taking, I mean, I think Brene Brown actually says to find your top two. I have a hard time coming up with just two, so I, I have five. Um, but you come up with your five, five to 10 values from that list or, or an expanded list that, that resonate with you and, and, and kind of reflect on them and which ones evoke um, really powerful reactions to you and, and then reflect back on your life, I think, and think about moments in your life where, um, and, and think about how those values drove you to make decisions. Um, and they could be positive or negative, I think. And I think that's how you can find out if they really are core values. And if you have a hard time thinking about whether those values fit, you can also think about it over the coming months too, to say like, be more thoughtful and observant as you go through decision-making processes to, to test your values a little bit and say like, do these, are these driving my decisions? Um, and I think, um, and, and I also think that while your values can evolve over the years, they're not going to change week to week. So if you're thinking, if, if you have a set of, of values that you think are your core values, and every time you come to sort of a life or, or professional decision, you're picking different sets of values, those are, you probably haven't like quite captured your core, your core values. Um, and then how can, how can we find people that align with our values? So, I, sometimes I feel like it sounds a little hippy dippy and I'm not super hippy dippy, but I feel like once you articulate your values and you know them and you feel confident about them and they really resonate with you, that energy attracts those people. So um, just like I kind of said, as I started to you know, understand that belonging was really important to me and I started to, to get out there, I really, I found, I found those communities and I found the people that were aligned with my values. And it wasn't because I said, Hey, can I find people that have these values? It was, it's because you put that energy out there and it, it, it attracts the, the, the right people and you're not fighting, fighting against it. Absolutely. Okay. Let's move on to this next question here. Did you write your values down to remind yourself of where you're no longer willing to make negotiations? Um, well, I did write them down. <laughs> um, so you saw them written down. I, I, I have, um, I often, ref I'm a, I, as I mentioned, I'm very values-based leader. So I've often have my value, know, know what my values are. And, it, and a lot of times I think in engineering, like in engineering leadership interviews, values become a discussion or I bring them up because it's important to me. I think what's hard is that um, it's, it's difficult to, to tease out where the where the organization is in an alignment with your values during an interview because 
who's going to say that they don't support that they're not aligned with integrity or even you know I think some of them maybe you could have a good discussion around competence versus excellence that could that could evoke a good conversation around equity in an interview um, and you could maybe you could maybe tease out some good conversations during an interview process um, but the, I think there it's not it's it's you have to do a little bit more digging and question asking or use your whisper network to kind of find out where the the, the organization really stands. I love that whisper network. I love that. It's like your on-call uh, behind the scenes guides, no? Yeah. <laughs> um, he, here, Karen writes, uh, you are as successful as the, as the five people you hang around the most kind of plays into your value concept. Do you want to chime in on that? Um, I, I have not heard that before. I think that um, some, I think that that can, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I think that the people around you probably amplify your values too. Absolutely. Okay, I have a private message here that I'll flag here. Uh, this is very validating. I recently set up my own corporation consultancy. While setting up my tax ID, et cetera, I mentioned to my tax guy that I had a lot of clerical things rolling and one client on the hook. But a major next step was to create a mission statement that would include my values to always use as both a lens through which to vet, choose new partners, and to let new potential partners know right away whether my services are a good fit for them and their brand. Um, less of a question, more of what is going on in this person's journey. Do you want to echo any of this or maybe give any tips? Yeah. Or, or no, I think that that makes a ton of sense. So if you look at the, like, the, the companies that I've worked for, I would say Two of them in particular, ThoughtWorks and Etsy, have done an amazing job of um, weaving their values into their culture, um, sort of at the foundation level. And so that has made a really meaningful impact into their success. And, um, and, and for, like with ThoughtWorks in particular, I, I worked there a long time ago. So I think I left in 2006. And, and I met, I can meet people today that we our, our times didn't overlap at all and we still have a connection just because we work there and we we have some sort of connection because just because their culture is so strong and even you know and Etsy has a similar they have this handmade culture if you're not familiar with Etsy but that their culture is very strong because their values are very strong and so they attract those people and all their communications and how they do things is very strong and so I think people that really think about it in a, in a authentic and genuine way and weave it into the core of their business um, end up being very successful. I think where it becomes a challenge is it's an afterthought and they try to paste it on top as a checklist. And, and that's when it's hard to, to understand it and it's hard to attract the right people. And that's when people like me get that misalignment because I'll come into a, a startup, I'll build a team that's aligned with my values and then realize that there's some misalignment once the organization tries to kind of figure out their values. Yes, and then it's a struggle to get out and you question yourself and you go through this, you know, really yeah. uh, challenging time. And I, I know that a lot of folks on this call have probably been on, on that journey as well. Um, I have another private question here. Uh, being that you're an introvert and your son is an extrovert, do you feel that it's been easy or difficult to ensure that he understands values and finding people that identify with your values as a family unit? Um, 
I don't, I think that introvert extrovert thing doesn't affect like me and my son as much because, well, first of all, I'm a single parent, so it's just me and my son. So we have a very, we also have a very close relationship. Um, and, um, and so I'm very, I'm very, and I'm very, even though I'm an introvert, I'm very direct and explicit. So I, I have a lot of conversations with him about values and, you know, lessons and things like that to help him learn those things. So I, I, I think that introvert extrovert thing affects, um, him more on the, the, the social side of things for sure. In terms of going out, he wants to be out having play dates like all day long. And I like I want to come home and and recover from from being out. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you, thank you for sharing that. And I, I um I, I would love to hear from our live callers as well. Thank you for sharing uh, these messages privately. And I'm just gonna again sound like a broken record. Uh, please uh, write in the chat box or feel free to come off of mute if you've got something to share. Uh, until then, let's move on to this next question here. So Leslie, how can you identify when you're getting burned out? Um. Well, so I. First of all, I would say I would be surprised if anybody is not operating at some stage of burnout right now. I think that there's so many aspects of our lives during COVID um, and, uh, and, and other things that are going on in the world on a weekly basis that I think that we're operating at a really high level of stress to begin with, um, which means that we don't have a lot of slack <laughs> To, to, to manage um, to manage stress at work. Um, so I think that we I think that we all have some level of burnout going on. Um, so to, just to acknowledge that in general. Um, but I think that there's for everybody it's probably a little bit different. There are definitely both physical and, and mental symptoms of burnout. I, I definitely exhibit physical symptoms. Like I get like a, I get like a weight on my chest and I also like don't sleep. I, I grind my teeth. I definitely, as it gets worse, I think also the, the physical symptoms are definitely, I would say are probably a, a, a lagging indicator of, of burnout, which means that um, we try to, you know, our body has, uh, has mechanisms to kind of, to, to, to the fight or flight kind of. And so you, you try to fight it and that makes it worse. And so then by the time you, uh, you acknowledge it, it's kind of, it's already really late. Um, and I'm not a doctor, so I don't know it. So this is not like a medical advice. This is my own personal, my own personal experience with it based on me and how I am. And also I think based on your personal situation, if you feel like you, you have to keep the job to take care of your family or for whatever reasons, or because you want the job and you need the job and all of those things, you, you resist it and you suppress the burnout signs, right? So um, acknowledging you, you might, there might be earlier symptoms, um, but the acknowledgement is the, the hardest part. Yes, and I can I can echo to that. I mean, just so that folks know that I mean, your our bodies are so intelligent, and uh, whenever I in my past lives, I'll call it now, experience burnout, uh, I was I had to put I had to just stop right there when my body was having those reactions because it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now my body's reacting. I don't want to feel this way. Like you said, I don't want to not be able to sleep. Um, yeah. So. I love though, also, if I can just make some connections, as you're saying, if, if your core values aren't being honored by yourself first, 
uh, right? And, and if you find that it's having conflict with the team or with the values of the company, um, you know, those are probably signs now you're speaking of core values before you get the body aches and pains and reminders. So uh, I definitely encourage everyone to go through that list that Leslie put up in the top of, of this presentation and, and, and anchor down your values. Uh, and, and, you know, if anyone is feeling any stress in their bodies, I always remind people to come back to your breath. If we're, if we're breathing from our survival breath, when we are just living day to day, then we're doing something wrong, right? If no one is pushing us into the water or attacking us from, you know, in a dark alley, we don't need to be breathing from our chest in a survival way of breathing. We need to be breathing with deep belly breaths. And of course, I'm not a doctor either, but I do work with my body a lot. And I find that, uh, a lot of folks that I work with on, on emotional intelligence and working with their sacred power, you know, it's this, it's this shock of like, which I, I if I would like to, as we, as we go through the, the rest of this talk, uh, folks on the call, just monitor where your breath is coming from. Are you breathing from your chest right now in this moment? Or are you breathing from your belly? And maybe that can be a good indicator of if we are living, you know, in a stressful way and, and experiencing burnout or not. Uh, but I, I will chime in with what you were saying, Leslie, for sure. <laughs> no, I love that. That's such great advice. Um, I'm going to take that advice too. I, I was also going to say, I think um, in, you know, corporate America also doesn't, doesn't sort of value a lot of the balance, the, a lot of the balance in life um, between, and, and I think COVID has kind of really brought that to the forefront between family, self-care and, and work. And, and, and especially I think in, in, in the tech world, like where it's so easy to get out of balance. And that was also one of the motivations for me with Carefully is how do we, how do we create balance in our lives and connect back with our communities? Because I think sometimes um, we, need, we need our communities to support us so we can have a little bit of time for ourselves. And that was sort of one of my motivations with Carefully. Well, if Aiden can have a play date, that's my son, then I can have some time for myself and also we're connected with the community instead of always relying on a sitter to take care of him where he's just like being taken care of because that doesn't feel as good, right? You feel like he's having a play date, he's having fun, I'm taking care of myself. And so I think until we also think about like that, that balance as a priority, as a society, there's always that, that risk of, of burnout as well. And I love that your burnout was able to then influence your 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 project, you know, and you're like, how can I find more peace in my life? Let me build this app to where, or platform to where I can, you know, find that space uh, to honor, to honor your value, values. So I appreciate that. Um, let's move on to this next question here. How do you know if it's the people around you that are making you feel burned out versus the work you're actually doing? Um, that's a great question. I love it. Um, I, I, I think that it's, probably has to do with with the type of work that you're doing. For me, a lot of my work deals with people as a as a leader and a manager. I'm most of my work is either managing, you know, managing the team or managing the the leaders and managing the project. So it's not it's very likely that, you know, the the burnout is coming from something related to people and I I get solace and inspiration from actually delivering and seeing the work get done. Um, because that's that's sort of my escape and my my that's what fills me up. I, I I'm guessing that if your um, if your work is a little bit more focused on the the building, you're you're more likely to be getting burned out by that. If you're an accountant or working with data or something like that that's so focused in the in the weeds. I think for me the 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 closest that I could say I would get 
to being burned out by the work is what would be ThoughtWorks because ThoughtWorks was I was filled by the 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 values and the and the people, but the work was with financial institutions and insurance companies, and that was not fulfilling. Um, and so there was like there was a disconnect there, and so I was like, you're you 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 don't I never had it all right <laughs> um, as much as ThoughtWorks had a lot of the values alignment for me, so. Um, I, and I, I don't know that they're, I don't know that they're any, that they're really tangibly any different. Maybe somebody else has something to say about that. Yeah, I'd love to open up the floor to our live callers. Uh, I just also want to flag something here that Beth has written. Uh, the last five years of my recent 15 year career stint in corporate America nearly killed me. Lack of sleep, depression, executive leadership that didn't care and lack of concentration caused an accident, a minor fall that I'll have symptoms for from forever. I had to walk away. I hope you all find peace. And I, I love that you're sharing this story, Beth and Leslie, and you know, anyone who can share stories like this to let folks know that, you know, burnout, you're not alone. Everyone interprets it on their own, but it's so important, like with this transparency and visibility to encourage each other to get out of it and find your own jam, something that makes you able to share yourself fully uh, and not feel held back. So uh, I'd love to open the floor uh, to see if anyone on the call would like to share any, where they are in their journey. You can write in the chat box, you can hop off of mute if, if you feel called to do so. Um, but yes, it's, we often talk about burn, burnout and imposter syndrome and these, you know, these really kind of chewy topics on, on the chat and learns. And, and if I can just point out from those two huge topics that I just mentioned, burnout and, and imposter syndrome, um, we go through those individually in the dark corners of our minds. But then when we come together, you know, as community here and we, and we just write a sentence like how Beth did there, or like, you know, share your presentation with some tips and tricks. I think that it, uh, it helps lighten up the air and, and it guides folks to, to, uh, you know, living their own truth a little more. Um, so thank you for that. Um, Leslie, do you want to chime in there? I see you nodding your head. No, absolutely. It, it, it helps, it helps me breathe easier to, to feel that support and, and also to know that sharing your story is helping other people. So I, um, I, I, I appreciate everybody sharing their story and also sharing that it's helping, helping them. So thank you. So let's, let's, if you will, let's philosophize for a little bit. What's the problem with corporate America? Why are they burning out all, everyone or, or most people? Why, what, what needs to change? Uh, do, mo do we need to leave corporate America and start our own thing? Do we need to really push that, that you know, we, we, we focus on work-life balance? What, what would you suggest? Um, yeah, I mean, I, to, this was one of the slides that I took out of the presentation. There's this, uh, this concept that I came across actually as I started to open up my eyes and move out of corporate America of um, that, uh, that this, this woman has a book called the, the Proposal for the Feminine Economy. And it's not just about, about women, but it's about, a, it's about a, a, an, an alternative to the masculine economy, which is dominated by competition and the myth of the meritocracy and all of these other concepts. And it's, uh, the website is sister.is. I encourage people to look at it. And, it, and when I came, what somebody actually recommended or put, did a, a LinkedIn post. And when I looked it up, it's called the feminine economy. And it's all, it's a whole alternative set of values about creating businesses that support all of these things around balance and cooperation and collaboration and empathy and care. And that you can create, you can create successful, profitable businesses based on this set of values 
um, that are that are um, that fill you up instead of drain you. And and I think that for me, that's what, kind of what I was was getting at is like you were we're social. Our society teaches us that we have in order to succeed or even to survive, we have to live in this other world, this corporate dom sort of male dominated world that has these set of values, but there are other other ways. It's 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 not it's it's not it's not as easy to find, but I think that there is a rising tide around that set of values because everybody is so drained and burned out. Absolutely, absolutely. Bravo. Yeah, we've got folks applauding. Uh, let's continue to investigate that side and you know, let's challenge ourselves to show ourselves first and everyone else that it's possible to do work differently um, so that we can stay healthy, you know, at the end of the day. Let's stay healthy and happy and, you know, not push any anyone else's buttons, you know, uh, let's be ourselves. It's too much craziness going on in the world. I have to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have someone here who's written in the chat box. Um, Diane writes, I'm not sure if I'm feeling burned out or if it's the pandemic. I don't feel very uh, happy recently with work. Uh, Karen writes, I have found myself with an excellent company who puts its team uh, at the forefront. They are light years ahead of other companies and they've hired Power to Fly to make sure our core diversity beliefs are all in alignment. Um, Beth also writes, thank you. This group is amazing. It's easy to share when you eventually end up in a better place. It was confusing and a lot of self-doubt for a long time while she was in the burnout. So uh, did you want to chime in on any of those comments before we move on to the next? No, question? that's great. Thank you all for sharing. Great. Okay, so let's move on to this next question that you all have submitted offline. How did you come back from burnout? So I know you talked a little bit about, you know, in, in your presentation in the beginning, but can you dive a little deeper here? Um, so I so for me, um, I think, I, so I've gone through a few waves of burnout, first of all, so I can talk to it a little bit. I would say part of it is, I think, a little bit of privilege because I have been able to take time off in between um, jobs. And for me, that's the only way I've been able to come back I, I know that that's a privilege for sure I don't I don't think that that that's something that everybody has the opportunity to do um, and so I, I acknowledge that um, I would say even even now if I were to try to go back to a corporate job um, I like because I, I had kind of given myself a year to work on carefully without going so I'm kind of nearing the end of my year um, and, and it, it I, I still get a little bit of, of PTSD kind of with going back to, to a corporate job. I mean, of course, I'm also taking care of my son while he's doing remote school and all of these other things that add to that. But I don't know if I'm totally <laughs> the, the burnout that I, that, I, that I experienced, but I do think taking the time off um, helps and finding, I think as, uh, I don't know, I can't remember who it was that mentioned it in the comments, but that finding those companies that are aligned is really important. Finding communities that support you is important too. But, you know, for me, I, it's so hard for me to imagine coming back from burnout without taking some sort of time off and I know that everybody doesn't have that that privilege which is which is really um, unfortunate. Absolutely. Uh, Beth here writes, pandemic induced furlough forced it for me, the only bright light in 2020. Uh, your story is amazing, Leslie. And I actually find, I, I, I echo what Beth is saying, is saying that your story is amazing. Uh, and I find that, you know, between people being furloughed or wanting to career pivot and wanting to rethink life in general with all of the things that are happening in the world, it's kind of like now's the perfect time to take a chance, right? Um, to Beth's point and to your point also, Leslie, I'd love to hear you talk about maybe how to be strategic in these crazy times of, of a global pandemic. Um, how can someone 
uh, investigate and be more curious about what is really calling them to leave, you know, uh, a confining or, or, or a situation where they're experiencing burnout? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of, of grant opportunities and funding opportunities if you, if you have the um, ability to take advantage of the pandemic right now, like whether it's a furlough or, um, or anything like that, and you feel like you're experienced burnout, being able to go and, and ask to be um, laid off and getting a severance package because you are burned out, you know, maybe there is an opportunity to take a risk and, and find that. I think that um, for me, finding that community that can support you as you take that risk is also an important part of it. Or I feel like if you're burned out and you're taking a risk that could also, ex that could sort of make it, make it exponential too, because it could, it's also stressful to not, even though you might have a severance or something else during the, the it's always stressful to not know what's next. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let's move on to this next question here. What's the difference between fighting for change and creating impact? Um, so, so I think this was from my uh, from my intro to the talk. So I think that so for me, fighting for change is you you have to convince the organization that the change is worthwhile. So you're not only trying to make a change that you believe is worthwhile, but you have to fight. Some, but not maybe not the entire organization, but somebody with it, some 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 element within the organization to convince them that that change is worthwhile before you can actually um, make the change or while you're making that change. And change is always hard, no matter no matter what. Versus just focusing on the change itself. So, I guess one example would be, um, you know, a, an organization that believes in truly believes in empowerment and accountability, and they're willing to go you know, to go full force, but they don't necessarily have all the tools to deliver software effectively or to build build high performing engineering teams, which is also hard, but the, they really support empowerment and, and accountability or all of the other values that you believe in. And so you're not really convincing them that those are that those are the right things to do or the right way to do things. So you're so your focus is on actually building the team and their support, they're giving you the support you need and the reinforcement you need to create that impact and to build the great things. And then when you have that, you, because creating impact and creating change is already a hard process for any organization of any size. And so having the support of your leadership is important versus feeling like you're, um, you're fighting on multiple fronts. Right. And digging deeper into those core values. Right. And not just making it a hashtag, not just being superficial about it. Right. Like uh, hashtag stock images, uh, diversity. And then you're not really practicing that day to day with your team and with your product. I, I know that um, we are at a, a big crossroads with, you know, tech companies having the opportunity to be more responsible, in my opinion, you know, like this is the time. Walk the walk, do it, you know, um, don't just don't just do it for social media. Do it because you want to make an impact, you know, and not just uh, be showy, showy. <laughs> I, I see yeah, that in your head. I'm tired of that. It, it, just seeing that as well. So hopefully uh, I, and I love that you led this conversation with reflecting on values because, yes, we need to dust off some of these value systems, you know, invite some more folks to the table with different perspectives, different, you know, backgrounds, different uh, views and visions uh, so that we can come up with new values together. Um, so thank you for that. 
Okay, so let's move on to this next question here. Um, so how to let go of people who are close to you, but no longer aligned with your values? This is a hard one. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely, I mean, it's, I think it's, um, I mean, and depending how close they are to you, it can be even harder, especially I think, um, <clears throat> considering where we are in the world today and how, how divided uh, the world is in America, definitely we just saw an election that's very divisive, right? So to get into politics too much, but um, I think that there's a lot um, there's there there's a lot of divisiveness in in the world and and people having these struggles even within their families, not just within their friends groups. So um, I mean, to a certain it, it, and it really it, it really depends what we mean by no longer aligned with your values. There's I think that um, you can have friends that don't share your same values and and be close friends, right? Um, and you can learn from each other in that respect. You can have, um, you can be good friends with people that have a lot of different values. I think it's very different than be than working within an organization that's not aligned with your values because you're a steward of that organization and you're building a team. And so, like they they really do have to kind of trickle down. Um, and it also depends if those values are like diametrically opposed, right? Like if your if your friend you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a good example off the top of my head, but if those, if those, those values clash and y'all are hurting each other, or you're not able to understand each other, or one of you has to suppress your, your thoughts and your opinions because of your, because of the other person's values, I think you're going to, there's going to be distance going to grow in that relationship, um, whether it's physical or emotional distance. And so, to, in, in my, I mean, I, depending on your on your personality type, you might continue to you know need that person in your life for different reasons. But there's still going to be some sort of distance there. Um, I think also as, as for me, as I get older, I don't have a lot of time for people for for people that that um, and so like you have to make choices about where you're going to spend your time. Um, and even more so with with COVID, you you see who's really who you really are close with because you you can only make time and even even less physical space for people that are really close to you. So that kind of becomes a forcing function. Um, but again, like I said, if it, it depends what we mean by no longer align, because I, I don't think that there's a problem with people having different values, especially core values, right? Like if I if somebody else doesn't have integrity, that doesn't mean that they don't have integrity just because they didn't choose that as their top five value, right? There's a lot of different choices that we make as what why we, why we have our core values as our top core values. So that's this is this is a very nuanced question. I'd have to understand a little bit more about the 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 what what the person was getting at there. Absolutely. And with that said, we've got about 10 minutes left. I, I told you that the time would fly by. So um, if this was your question and you're on the line, we'd love to uh, learn more about uh, this question so we can dive in deeper. You can uh, write in the chat box or you can hop off of mute. Uh, and to not put you on the spot, uh, I'll move on to the next question here and, and feel free to, to chime in whenever you feel called to do so. So how do you walk away from a career when you don't have any money, even though the environment and culture of the workplace is toxic? Um, I think this goes back a little bit to one of the previous the, the previous questions we were talking about. I mean, it's it's definitely has to do with privilege, right? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mince words. It's it's it's, it's hard, right? It, I mean, even um, when you you know, I, I in my career as a VP of engineering, I, I had um, a good paying job, and it was difficult for me to um, 
walk away from that because I'm taking care of my family. I live a comfortable life and making a choice to move away from that like introduces instability and risk into into my life. But at the same time, understanding the the cost, which is both my mental and physical health of that helps to, you know, helps to make those helps to make those decisions and sort of becomes a becomes a um a way to kind of make that make that more um, understandable, I guess. The the one thing I would again go back to is making sure that you can um, that you have a support system in place. So making a plan. So it might you might not be able to do it today, um, but maybe you can put a plan in place for six months from today, or and you can start to build out a support system. Finding a community that can support you is so important, and then building up the resources to that make that a viable plan. Absolutely. And encouraging others. If uh, one, one thing that I love about this movement uh, of, you know, developing more diversity and inclusion in the workplace is that more and more of, 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 you know, people who have been marginalized, historically speaking, so women, people of color, um, you know, it is, hopefully people will see this as well. It is a requirement to leave the door open so that more people like you can come through. Don't just come in and say, whoops, I'm here and close it. You know, make more space at the table, let people know that you can get through it too uh, by, by transparency, you know, authenticity, sharing your stories through these communities that Leslie is speaking about, reaching out. If you feel like someone is vibing high with you, connect. And, and if you feel like you're really depressed or you don't know how to get out of it, you know, and you don't even know how you can wait six more months, I find that, you know, that energy is, 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 uh, it is contagious in, in the sense that, you know, you see other people doing it and you feel like you can do it as well. So I hope, I know that we're all going through some tough times. Um, and if you aren't privileged enough to take a break and like take your time to look, uh, like Leslie says, join a community where you're at least getting that that feedback uh, where you can, you know, get that, uh, get con become contagious. <laughs> you know, the high frequency and the, and the encouragement becomes contagious. Um, yeah. I would like one, what that, that would be one thing I would emphasize again. I think sometimes I wonder if I was able to find some of these communities earlier on in my career, if I would have not gotten burnt out so much or had, you know, had a different, um, you know, I, I don't know, or at least I would have had that guidance and support a little bit earlier in, in my career. Well, I'm happy that you are, you have arrived to where you are now and that you're able to share your voice in this way. And you've already been in, uh, such an inspiration as, as we see in the chat box. So thank you, Leslie. <laughs> um, all right, so I think we've got time for about two more questions. Uh, I'd love for you to tackle this question here and then I'd love for anyone on the call to uh, unmute themselves. Uh, we'll take your final question before we end this chat. So Leslie, what should we do if we feel like people on our teams aren't aligned with our values or the organization's values? Um, well, I think that uh, having open and honest conversations obviously is the, the, the first step and um, listening, listening to them. It, again, it, it, this is, again, it depends on what the situation is and, and what those values are that aren't aligned and how you can, how you can bridge the gap. I think if, if there's things that are really affecting their ability to get work done or their ability to be happy, you should have honest conversations with them. Like, I don't like, I don't think that you're happy here is a good way to start, is a good way to start it. Or, I, you know, th is this affecting your ability to be successful here? And, and again, like you, you always have to like 
consider what their situation is like are do they have do they need this job so you don't want to force somebody into a situation where they're they're going to sort of be forced out of a job but you want to as a manager you also want to guide them and say and help them recognize like they're getting burned out right so it, it's a good trigger like hey it seems like you're getting burned out you might want to start thinking about like a path to something that's going to make you happy if you're if you're values aren't aligned with the organizations, like that's not going to change, right? So you need to start thinking about how to get to a place that's that's going to make you happier in the long term. And how, like, it's always good to start with an open and honest conversation. Um, listening is important to, to kind of, if you're just feeling it, listening is good um, and supporting them through that decision process and helping them come to that decision on their own instead of forcing something just because you feel feel that way. I love that you're saying, listen, it's like one of the first things we learn when we're, you know, starting to learn when we're, when we're kids and we have to remind ourselves, you know, to practice empathy, to practice emotional intelligence, listen, you know, don't just uh, be, you know, hold the mic, pass the mic, let other people share their voice. Um, and speaking of that, I have a private question here who would like to know, this person would like to know if you ever had a mentor in your career and, and if you could just speak about mentorships in general. Um. I, so the men, I haven't had um, a formal mentor that I've taken on. Um, I would say um, my bosses that I've had. I, I definitely am the kind of person that looks for bosses or managers that I'm close to. I'm um, so I I'm a passionate person, so I have to be able to express myself to somebody, and that's usually my boss. So so for wh whoever has been my boss, I usually. And expressing my my feelings to them so that I can, which is venting or getting getting my thoughts off my chest, so that I'm when when my when my values are out of alignment with the organization, that that gets expressed to my my boss in in strong terms usually. Um, and so I'm usually very close with with um, my, most of my bosses, and so they've become my mentors over the years. I would say, um, uh, and I think that that being able to have open and honest conversations with them about uh, about issues that are going on during work. And then after, you know, after we move on to other places, I continue to have those relationships, but it hasn't been a, a formal thing. I think that um, I would have, I would have liked to, I, th I feel like sometimes in, in the jobs that I've been at, some of my issues are so context specific. It's, it's been hard for me to have that. Now that I'm starting a business, I feel like having a mentor is um would be really great awesome thank you for being transparent about that leslie okay so we've got about one more minute left uh, i'd love for you to uh, leave us with some food for thought uh, and then let us know how we can support the work you're doing how we can find you online so that when this call ends we can hop over and support you um so sorry sorry i i missed what you were saying <laughs> apologize no worries. I was saying, can you leave us with some food for thought? Uh, since we have one more minute left, leave us with some food for thought so we can, you know, stay encouraged as we end this call. And then let us know how we can connect with you offline, how we can support the good work that you're doing. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love, I would be so inspired if people use this opportunity to learn more about their core values and that that helps drive them in, in a positive direction and uh, in, in their careers. And in terms of supporting me, uh, for any parents out there, or, or if you have friends 
friends who are parents, they can download Carefully, create a group on Carefully, invite their friends to join the group, use Carefully, give me feedback about Carefully. You can always connect with me. I connect with everybody who joins. I send them a message. Um, um, I'm looking for people who will give me feedback and create groups on Carefully. So that's the biggest thing that you can do for me. You can always um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Just tell me that you... Um, that you heard me on Power to Fly. I would love to connect with you. Tell me what you learned. Um, that would be great too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leslie. And thank you everyone who has joined us for this past hour. Uh, I've learned a lot with you all and such an encouraging conversation. Thank you, Leslie. And we'll see you all on the next Chat and Learn. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mirella. Ciao. Bye.